Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And we say crank it up. We mean crank it up. All right. We are here on a Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. We're going to go straight to the Lord in prayer. I know Friday I told you we were going to cover some other issues, but I have since then. I've got a guest, and we're going to talk about something that I believe is vitally important, and that is the Electoral College. But first of all, let's go to the Lord in prayer. For such a time as this. We're praying, Father, for our nation. But what is a nation but a population of people? Each one of us needs you, O God. You brought me to this place and time, Abba Father, and I'm trying to serve you and this nation. I will promote the value and sanctity of life. I will promote justice, for only you are just. I will promote equality. For you created all life, all races, both genders. We're all your children. For such a time as this, I am no Queen Esther. Oh God, you know this. But I'm here. I was placed here by a whirlwind of circumstances. Lacking the proper education, perhaps, and the skills, and relying totally on you. Undeserving to be your instrument, but trusting in you, Father. For over a year, O oh God, we have opened each show with prayer, believing you have called me to this for such a time as this. I have asked you each day to protect our president, and you have most definitely done so. Thank you, Father. Our nation is in turmoil, brought by lack of knowledge and understanding of you they seek selfishly as we all do their own desires and and think not about the past or not about the generations to come the generations to come will reap what we have sown today may we be as guarded about our America's future as our founding fathers once were I know not what the future will bring, Father, but I know that you are here, you have not forsaken us, and you have not yet given up on America or on your children. May the remnant of believers join our hearts in prayer. For you have promised, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Our land and the hearts of our people need healing. May America be humbled, and may we recognize you, acknowledge you, and bring America home. For such a time as this, I pray. Amen. This is it, folks. 
Tomorrow is the big day in America as we look to elect a President of the United States. We have heard much talk about our governing and our governance. The talk show hosts have been showing us that map, that red and blue map, that map to the White House via the Electoral College. I thought it would be appropriate today to go back to schools, so to speak, and study America's electoral system. Popular vote, democracy mob rules versus electoral vote, our republic form of government that guards equal representation. Today we have Jennifer Brassaris. She is a political columnist, a senior fellow with the Independent Women's Forum, and a former commissioner of the United States Commission on Civil Rights back in 2001 through 2007. A graduate of the Harvard Law School, Jennifer often writes about issues of the intersection of law, politics, and culture. Although her work covers a range of topics, she is particularly interested in education, civil rights, the courts, and the media. In addition, she writes widely on the things that bind us together as Americans, our shared history, our civic traditions and institutions, and our devotion to liberty. Early in her career, Jennifer practiced labor and employment law with the uh, Boston law firm Oaks and Gray. She has taught classes on civil rights and uh, constitutional law at both Boston College Law School and Suffolk uh, University Law School. From 2006 to 2011, she served as a trustee of the University of Massachusetts, her alma mater. Before becoming a lawyer, Jennifer worked as a staff assistant in the office of Vice President Dan Quayle. Jennifer lives in Boston area, and her husband is with four children. Jennifer, we welcome you to CSE Talk Radio. Thank you for taking this time out of your day. I know you're busy. Yes, to speak pleasure. to my listeners. Oh, well, God bless you. Thank you so much. <laughs> the Electoral College is something very dear to my heart because I believe we need to protect it. Yeah. And maybe we should just go back to the basics. And uh, I saw something you had written, and it was the two truths and a lie of the Electoral College. But I'll let you start in whatever way you want to right now, and then we'll maybe get into this. Uh, So go ahead, Jennifer. I'm going to give you the floor for a little while. Sure. Well, um, our founders developed this system for electing our president, as a compromise. They didn't think it was a perfect system. Um, no system is. But they thought it was the best possible compromise between those who advocated for direct election of the president, those who advocated for a parliamentary system where Congress would essentially choose um, the president. And they decided that the best way to elect a president Um, was to allow states to have input and to do it in this form that we now refer to as the Electoral College. Um, the, The benefits of the system are many, really, because what they were concerned about, uh, They were concerned that a simple majority, 51% of the nation, would be able to rule over the other 49%, the minority, all the time, and that Mm -hmm. the minority uh, of people in this country would, would not have a chance to have their voices heard. 
So what the electoral college system does is it requires input from the minority. And it does this by requiring presidential candidates to, to assemble a broad coalition. In other words, you can't become president if you only have support of the South or you only have support of the West or you only have support of the big cities. You really need to build a coalition across the country of different types of people in order to get enough votes to win in the Electoral College. And that is what the founders wanted because it encourages moderation, it encourages coalition building, and it encourages, you know, it, it, it allows input from different types um, of Americans, not just one type. And, and I'm going to go, because we'll head into a break here shortly, I'm going to go and announce, too, that uh, remind everyone how how those how those elect the number of electorals how they are brought to us and i spoke in wyoming uh this earlier this year for their uh, uh convention their republican convention and each state has the electoral college is the number of representatives and senators to that you have and each state has two senators and Wyoming is uh, less populated, so it only has one representative. So they have three electoral college uh, members, and so that's how it's chose around the and so around the states. And when you look at these boards that they're they're always predicting, they're already doing it. They're lighting up the red, the blue. This is the path to the two seventy. You know how that goes. And so I thought it was important that we talk about the electoral college. And I know. Depending on how things go tomorrow, well, I don't think either way things go tomorrow night. We're going to be talking about the Electoral College really right. in, in a big way. So we're heading into a break. I'm not going to take calls today because I think it is so important that Jennifer give us a little schooling on the Electoral College. And we will be right back. The following is not paid for or endorsed by any political candidate, party, or radio station. Ladies, Democrats are counting on your votes. But you cannot count on the Democrats. Socialism pushed by our Democrats is an economic theory proven to fail, characterized by state government ownership of businesses, property, and services. The state is in charge of production and distribution of all goods. Social programs and services cannot be offered to you unless they take your dollars and your choices away. Education will not be free. It will be controlled. No school choice. Health care will not be free or affordable. It will be controlled. Defunding our local police, disarming citizens, letting prisoners go free is the true existential threat to your safety and your family. President Donald Trump is not the enemy of the republic. He is the enemy of the political elites and the Democrat socialists and the globalists. November 3rd, vote against every Democrat from dog catcher to senator. Vote for President Donald Trump. Let's restore our republic and bring America home. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the 
lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot hearts, set your table with Liberty. The new patriotic flatware pattern by Liberty Tabletop. Your dining table sets the mood for the American family and the American dream. Liberty honors our fallen heroes, the Liberty Bell. We the people with stars and stripes are American Eagle and the Statue of Liberty. Each piece of the Liberty flatware pattern is of art with elegance, high-quality work, and high-quality 1810 stainless American steel. Each piece is unique while conveying the same patriotic message. Liberty for all, and we love America. Order your set now, and a set as a gift for a special patriot in your life. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty home to your table. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive a discount. LibertyTabletop.com or call them 844-386-2338. And we have returned to listening to CSU Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting with Jennifer, Jennifer Braceras. Is that, Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Well, yeah. <laughs> Close, huh? <laughs> My last name's Schoenberg, so <laughs> I get that all the time. Um, yeah. I think uh, America today, many people, maybe for the lack of education and uh, uh, covering this in the schools, whether it be elementary, high school, or college, yeah. they don't really understand the Electoral College and what what it was designed to do. Everybody thinks, well, it should be a popular vote. Well, this isn't high school. <laughs> this is leading a nation of people from right. sea to shining sea, and all of us have different uh, needs in our lives. And that's one reason the Founding Fathers also didn't want a large centralized government. Correct. Now, the, dictating from D.C. to the Midwest, I live in the heartland of Missouri. They don't know what we need here best, but our own representatives do. And uh, the Electoral College was put in place for such a time as this. <laughs> we are in a crazy, crazy uh, situation here in this nation. So let's talk about your little article here, which was very quick and to the point. I really enjoyed it. Truth, two truths and a lie about the Electoral College. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the best way to explain the Electoral College, it's really pretty simple. It's We, we do have popular votes, but we have 51 of them. We have... I love that. These elections take place in the 50 states in the District of Columbia, and they are popular votes. Everybody over the age of 18 has a right to vote. It's a fundamental right. Um, And in in the vast majority of those states, the person who um, gets the majority of that popular vote wins that state's electors. Maine and Nebraska do it slightly differently. They, the person who wins the popular vote gets two votes automatically. 
Um, and then it's by congressional district, um, you know, whoever gets the majority in, in each district gets um, gets that vote. But that's that's Maine and Nebraska. They States have a right to do it their own way. Um, but I think the important thing to remember is it is a fair and democratic, you know, it's 51 separate fair and democratic elections. And when you put them all together, that's how we figure out who becomes our president. But it's it's a state-by-state state system which has so many advantages um, to a big nationwide election, including it, it helps deter fraud. Um, it helps prevent people from rigging our election systems because if they wanted to do that, they'd have to rig 51 of them instead of just one. Um, so it prevents fraud and abuse and all sorts of things. Um, so it's it's really not true, as some people say, oh, it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not democratic. It is democratic. It's just democratic in 51 locations. And the way, you know, the way I explained it to my kids, I think, is the best way to describe it. It's like the Baseball World Series, okay? So the winner of the Baseball World Series is the team that wins four out of seven games. And the reason that is is because we want the team to show consistency of success, not just a fluke, not just a flash in the pan that they can win one game. You have to win four out of seven. And so the winner isn't the team that scores the most runs overall. Every run counts in the game in which it is played. But they, you don't add up all the runs. You add up the games to see who wins. And that is what our electoral college system is like. It's like a, a World Series contest. I think that's a great way to, to look at it. It really is. <laughs> you know, um, they're wanting to do away with it, uh, mainly because they lost. Um, but I, I went back and looked to see, because I know it's not the first time that it's happened, but it's happened several times in the past. John Quincy Adams uh, won the popular, uh, did not win the popular vote, but won well, the electoral. Let, yeah, let, no, go let ahead. me stop. Okay, go John, ahead. John Quincy Adams is sort of a unique case. It's, it's okay. actually, it's happened four times in our nation's history um, that the winner of the popular vote lost the presidential election because they won in the electoral college. Okay. Um, it happened with Rutherford B. Hayes, Benjamin Harrison, okay. George W. Bush, George w. and Donald Trump. What happened with John Quincy Adams was even more unique. He won neither the popular vote nor the electoral college. His election was decided by the House of Representatives because um, it was tied electoral college and it was thrown to the House. So um, his is, you know, an even crazier circumstance. Um that I guess theoretically could happen this year, to be honest with you, um, if you're looking at the numbers. Um, but it, it, it does happen rarely, um, and it's okay when it happens. It, it, it was, you know, we were not intended, we were not set up as a country where, you know, we were to be governed by mob rule. We, we do live in a country where, the vast majority of times what the majority of voters want is the same result produced in the Electoral College. But the Electoral College just provides an extra layer of protection so that those majorities um, are not majorities that can trample on the minority. Yes. Yes. With the... Um 
I remember it was pretty contentious a few times, and and this time has been even worse than I remembered in the, in the past with George W. Um, because they they want to change it, and we see that going on in our state, Jennifer, where they're they're trying to redistrict our state to manipulate the electoral college, and I don't think people realize that we did it. The people didn't understand what it was, and I accidentally passed it. Oh, was um, it the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact? Yes, yes, Is and they, I, they called it, in Missouri, they called it the Clean Missouri. Huh. It had nothing to do really about cleaning up Missouri, but it had everything to do with redistricting. And so now okay. they've got it on the on the ballot again for tomorrow, and oh. instead of one person managing this redistricting it'll be a commission of people supposedly mm-hmm. nonpartisan and so uh it's on the ballot again and uh, people who want to uh, uh at least get a handle on it you need to vote yes for that amendment it's amendment 3 but i know it's going on in missouri and if it's going on here it's it's happening across the nation yes well what's happening in a lot of places there's a movement called the national popular vote interstate compact and what it is is an attempt to do an end run around the constitution because mm-hmm. the constitution establishes the system for electing the president it establishes the electoral college so they can't change it without amending the constitution or at least that's the way it's supposed to be. But they've come up with this clever tactic um, where they say, okay, you know, we, we know we don't have enough votes right now to amend the Constitution. So what we're going to do, because we have a state-by-state system, we're going to let each state pass a law that says we are going to give our electoral votes to the winner of the nationwide popular vote. So the way that would work is if Missouri voted for Donald Trump, but Joe Biden won the popular vote, all of Missouri's electors would be required to cast their ballots for Joe Biden. And, you know, I talk a lot about this issue. I talked about it with um, some state legislators in Maine because they were considering this proposal. And I said to them, you do realize that if this had been in place um, in 2004, you would have been forced to give your electoral votes to George Bush, even though the majority of the people of the state of Maine voted for John Kerry. And as a result, Maine's voice would have been silenced in that process. Hmm. And they sort of looked at me and, you know, they were, what? We would have had to give our votes to George Bush? Yes, you would have had to give your votes to George Bush because he won the popular vote, even though Maine wanted somebody else. So the Electoral College protects the right of states to make their voices heard. And even though George Bush was the winner of that election, regardless, under either system, he would have been the winner of the 2004 election, Maine still has a right to make its voice heard, that they wanted somebody else. That's an important piece of our democracy. So this interstate compact takes away the rights of the states to do that. But more importantly, it undermines democracy within the states because it says, you know, if if you, the people of Missouri or Maine or whatever state, vote for candidate Y, 
your state is going to ignore your votes and vote for somebody else if somebody else won the popular vote overall by hiking up votes in Los Angeles and New York and other places. So it takes away your representation and it undermines the Constitution. Um, I believe it's unconstitutional, actually, this interstate compact, but it hasn't been tested in the courts yet, and it hasn't, um, in the states that have passed it, it hasn't become effective because they need a certain number of states to pass it before it goes into effect. But when it does, there will be constitutional challenges because it's very uh, deceptive and it's very, you know, they're trying to be too clever by half. Yeah, and I think the same thing with this redistricting. I want to talk about that when we come back. I have some questions. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann, and we're talking about the Electoral College today with Jennifer Berseris. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We have some questions. I know I have some on the Facebook page, but I wanted to ask you, because what they've done with this clean Missouri is is they're taking some of the districts and dividing them so that they put them with, the, like, the metropolitan areas so that mm-hmm. there you're going to have that popular vote overtake, you know, the uh, areas that are less populated out in the rural areas. And uh, in that way, they're manipulating the Electoral College once again without well, without really taking it out. <laughs> because well, I, I don't know just, much about it. Does it affect the Electoral College? Is it just for is it just for well, redistricting for apportionment? Well, I would think it would affect both. Um, but it won't uh, affect the Electoral College. Um, I don't think because that's just so Missouri will have a popular vote and whoever gets the majority in Missouri, all of Missouri's electors will go to that person, whether it's Trump or Biden. So the district approach is only used by Nebraska and Maine right now unless they're trying to unless unless they're trying to to create that in Missouri now. I'm not familiar with it, so I can't speak to it. Well, you know, we've got a little place down the road to go yet with that. Um, yeah. But how are the electorals uh, picked? Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. I know that our legislatures here in the states do that. But I was thinking that you get, well, I'm just going to let you explain how it is. I won't even tell what Beth's thinking because Beth can think wrong. So you tell so, me how they so actually pick them out. Is, um Let's say in Missouri, um, Missourians vote for Donald Trump. Then all of Missouri's electors, I forget how many you have. You have two for your Senate, that represent your, your Senate, your we state as a whole. And then, then you have the others that are by district, that represent the districts. But um, So how many you said you have, 10 overall? We have 10 overall. Okay. okay. So if if, you know... 50.1% of the voters in your state select Donald Trump, then all 10 of your state's electors will be Trump electors. And those electors will meet in your state capitol um, in December to cast their, their official ballots for president based on the way the voters of your state voted. Okay. 
All right. And so then another person on Facebook that's watching the show wanted me to ask you about the polling of today. Mm-hmm. We know that the polling is just like crazy. If you listen to the polls that we've listened to for years and years, they've got Joe Biden ahead, and uh, they do have show Trump coming up a little bit. But then when you look to the others that are polling just a little differently uh, on how they actually come up, cross their answers they've got trump ahead uh and looking much better than what what the others do but i just want to talk a little bit about the polling i don't trust the polling anyway but i wanted to talk to you just a little bit about that and you get your ideas on that well as we know that the polls were wildly off in 2016 um now people in the business say they've they've adjusted for that they've they've sort of gone back and reconfigured how they do polls to try to make them more accurate. Um, I think this is a very unique time where Mm. people lie to pollsters um, more than they ever (laughs) have in the past. And I don't know if you see that so much in Missouri. I live in a very blue state. I live in Massachusetts. Um, And there are a lot of Trump voters in my state who will not tell anybody that because it is socially unacceptable in their neighborhoods, in their faculty lounges, in, you know, their workplaces. And they just keep it to themselves and they will lie if they're asked. Now, that doesn't mean Donald Trump's going to win Massachusetts. That would be very unusual. No Republican has won the state since Ronald Reagan. But my point is that particularly in places that are, um, pockets of the country that are very liberal, it's not like in past elections where people um, openly express their support for George Bush and other presidents. There's a real covert um, group of, you know, group of people who are supporting Donald Trump covertly because they don't want to be called racists or they don't want to be called xenophobes or all the other things that, that mm-hmm. Trump supporters are sometimes called. Mm-hmm. Um, not all Trump supporters, you know, are afraid or covert, but there are many who are. So I think the polls, they're not capturing that segment. Well, we can understand that on both sides. I mean, even in Missouri, we have people that are stealing signs out of the yards. <laughs> on both sides, I I lost uh, uh, my local representative. I had her. We couldn't get a hold of a Trump one, and I had her sign in my yard, and that disappeared. Um, you know, I don't know what Democrat or what Republican thinks that that's a good idea to take somebody else's signs out of their yards because I've heard the Democrats say Biden signs have been taken out of their yards. I, I, that's just silly. It's just mm-hmm. high school mm-hmm. stuff to me. Sure. It's not going to change anybody's sure. mind. You might as well let everybody have their freedom of speech. If you don't like Correct. it, you know, put your own sign up. Um, Correct. But I remember back in the day when I remember my parents saying that if you ran a business, you didn't let people know your politics. Right, because you have customers on both sides. Why would you yeah. want to offend some of them? You want everyone <laughs> to come to your store or your restaurant. Right. So that, you know, you just didn't do that. So you didn't put signs in your yard or on your car or that kind of thing or in your windows, you know. Right. And uh, But people have kind of gotten away from that. And so now we see businesses being 
ostracized for whatever they believe and i mean it's just gotten crazy in this nation as far as our first amendment rights and and people want their first amendment they don't want you to have it you know so i'm going to take that sign out of your yard because i don't like it yeah no it it's really crazy. it's ridiculous and it's very infantile but so you know i don't i don't know if the polls are off i mean i i do think and this brings us back to the electoral college i do Absolutely. think that um Biden is likely to win the popular vote. I mean, the polls show, most polls, the average of the polls show him about 10 points ahead. Now, even if those polls are wildly off, it's unlikely that they're off by that much. And so I do think he's probably going to win the popular vote. The question is whether he's going to win the right states to win the Electoral College. And in many of the key states, Arizona, Pennsylvania, other places, um, the polls are tightening and the president is, is making it a horse race. So it's, it could happen, again, for the fifth time in our nation's history where um, somebody wins election to the presidency, in this case re-election, um, in the Electoral College without winning the nationwide popular, the most votes cast nationwide. I don't even actually like to call it the national popular vote because I think that confuses people. We don't actually have a national popular vote because we don't have a national election apparatus. Um, Because we started off saying we have 51 Democratic popular elections and you know, when people talk about the national popular vote, what they're really saying is so-and-so received the most votes cast nationwide. There really is no national popular vote election that takes place. There's no such thing. It's each state. Each state. I love the way you put that. We need to be clear Absolutely. when we talk about that because when we when we talk about, oh, yes, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton won the, won the popular vote, but Donald Trump won the Electoral College. No, Hillary Clinton didn't win anything, actually, because there is no popular vote. She didn't win anything. She received the most votes cast nationwide when you add them all up. But that's not, that's not the game we're playing, right? That's like saying, you know, they were playing a game of chess, but if you were playing by the rules of checkers, Hillary Clinton won because she had the most pieces. Well, she didn't capture the king, so she didn't win. <laughs> she didn't win four out of seven in that World Series, did she? No, she didn't, she didn't win anything. <laughs> I, I, you know, I saw something. We're heading into uh, another break here. But I saw something after the election of, of Donald Trump in 2016 about the popular vote. And I wanted to uh, run that by you when we come back. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting with Jennifer and we're talking about the Electoral College. And Jennifer and Beth Ann will be right back. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe. 
are great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 800-378-3212 That's 800-378-3212 Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power of the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. Friends, I want to talk to you very frankly about the increasing civil unrest we're seeing these days. You can't turn on the news without hearing about more riots, violence, looting, killing, lawlessness, and mayhem. Sadly, I think the worst is yet to come, and the crescendo will be quite painful. However, I want to focus your attention on what you can do to survive. Priority one in times like these is to make sure you have enough food to eat. If you know me, you know I fully endorse My Patriot Supply. They're the only source I personally use and trust to get through the tough times ahead. Right now, you can save $100 off a four-week emergency food supply kit of delicious, nutritious meals the whole family will love. Go to preparewithbethann.com to get your food kits today. The future is so uncertain. I urge you to go to preparewithbethann.com and get ready now. That's preparewithbethann.com. Hi, this is Beth Ann. The inventor and CEO of MyPillow is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt so soft in the store, but then when you got it home and tried to use it, it wasn't absorbent at all? That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually will dry you. They're debuting the MyPillow six-piece towel set that includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now you can buy one and get one free with the promo code BETHANN. Go to MyPillow.com now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty with their 60-day money-back guarantee. To get your 
or buy one, get one free MyPillow towel set, go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special and enter promo code BETHAN or call 1-800-978-6168. That's MyPillow.com and the promo code is BETHAN. Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting today with Jennifer and our topic is the Electoral College. We're going to be hearing a lot of that tomorrow. It'll start early and go till late at night. And we hope it's over after that, but I'm not sure that it will be the way this year has gone. It's been quite the year, 2020. Um, I had this, this was going around uh, when they were, and they still talk about it, but when they were really hot about Clinton losing because, you know, she won the popular vote. She should have been the queen. But he was talking about um, the counties that she won in New York. There were 62 counties in New York. Trump won 46 of them, and Clinton won 16. Yet, of course, she did take the state. But those 16, those 16 counties that she won had the, the most population. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she won the popular vote there in New York. And... Uh, so they were just they were just showing the difference with the different counties and how many you know. So he won forty six of the counties. She only won sixteen, but the one she had that she won had the most population, mm-hmm. and so that's how it went. So I'm gonna kind of let you. Uh, I'm sure you've read that. It's it's been out there for several years now. Um, as they broke it down and let you talk about that just a little bit here. We are in the final segment, by the way. Yeah, I mean, you could say even on a state-by-state basis, right, You could uh, a state could say that they did not want to use their popular vote to determine how their electors are distributed, and they could say, you know, we're going to do it based on county. Um, we're not going to do it based on, based on population overall. Mm-hmm. Um, a state could say that if it wanted to, to, to sort of further democratize its small d. Um, but most states don't do that because we've made a decision in our country that sort of the relevant political unit is the full state. So whoever gets the overall, um, whoever wins the popular vote in New York is entitled to those electors. Um, and in, in the last election, that was Hillary Clinton. Um, she didn't get enough electors to win 270 in the Electoral College, which she would have needed to become President of the United States. And, and um, you know, as we were discussing before the last break, she didn't win anything. She, she, she may have won certain states, like she won New York, but on a national scale, she didn't win anything because there is no national popular vote. Um, so she didn't win the Electoral College. She did receive the most votes cast nationwide, but that's really actually an irrelevant statistic to anybody who, you know, knows how our presidents have been elected from the time our country was founded. And I want to add to this as we talk about the Electoral how important your individual vote still is. You know, a lot of people say, well, it's not popular. I don't, why do I vote? Because you're voting for your state. You're voting for this nation, but you're voting for your state. And uh, you need and you're to voting within vote. your state, and your vote Absolutely. counts within your state. So, Absolutely. you know, for example, I said before, I live in Massachusetts. It's very blue. 
and you know, you could say that, you know, I, I've almost always voted for the Republican for president. Not always, but almost. Um, so you can say that, you know, I'm a conservative. When I vote for a Republican for president in my state of Massachusetts, my vote, quote, unquote, doesn't count because it's being um, overwhelmed by the majority of Democratic voters in my state. Well, that is not true. It does count. It's just that I'm not winning in my state, right? So that means people like me, conservatives in Massachusetts, need to do a better job of convincing our friends and neighbors that we're right about things, right? It doesn't mean our vote doesn't count. It is counted. Um, it, it just there aren't enough of them to carry the day. And that, you know, all, people talk about, well, you're being disenfranchised, your vote doesn't count. That's just silly. Of course it counts. It, every time you don't win doesn't mean you've been disenfranchised. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I think that the American people, it's, it is disheartening that we do have so many Americans who do not vote. And uh, I think we're going to have a bigger turnout this year, if nothing else, 2020 and the, since 2016, you know, the the uh, people have kind of like, oh, what happened, you know, and and you've got contentious on both sides. But I believe we're going to have more people turn out to vote. I think they already have had uh, a greater number of uh, of early voting. And I, it's exciting just that people are getting interested. Even if yeah, I, don't I agree do with think, them. you know, the irony is that I think if we got rid of the Electoral College and had a national popular vote, you would see voter turnout go down. And the reason mm-hmm. is that that people will feel, what difference could my one them. little vote make in this entire nation of millions and millions of votes, right? Whereas you might feel that... If you go to the polls in Missouri, your vote can make a difference in that state. And, you know, if you get your neighbors and friends on board to vote, you know, the way you want them to vote, whether it's on a ballot initiative or, a, or for president or what have you, you can have an influence. But in terms of the whole country, you and your five friends or whatever, is it really going to make a difference? So I think people will feel less inclined you know, oh, I'm busy, who cares, I'm just one person in this great big country. Um, so I think you will see, there's no scientific proof of this, but I, I think you will see voter turnout go down without the Electoral College. Oh, so anytime you break that. things down into smaller pieces, people feel like they could be more relevant. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, too, the election tomorrow is not just about the presidency. Uh, we have representatives and senators that are on the ballot. We have other things that in from state to state that are on the ballot and county to county that are on the ballot. Um, that all these things are important and your, your vote does count. It counts in your community. It counts in your city. It counts in your county. It counts in your state and it counts on nationwide. Because your voice matters. Uh, you, if you don't, it's kind of like we used to say in church, if you don't show up to the committee meetings or the meetings, don't complain about what the decisions were made. Right. You've got to show up. <laughs> you got to right. show up. You do indeed. So, and I will be showing up tomorrow in Massachusetts. I know a lot of people here in our state have voted early, but I'm a same-day kind of gal. I, I like I'm, the... 
I like the ceremony of it. I like, you know, feeling that it's it's a, it's a day, it's a holiday, and I'm going to mark it by voting on that day. Yeah, I'm planning on doing the same thing. I'm not saying that it's I've been under a lot of stress here or anything lately, but I had a nightmare last night that I was so wound up trying to get this nation turned around safe to get on the air, I forgot to go vote. <laughs> and I, so I had a nightmare. I was telling Rudy today. I, said, I had a nightmare that we all three, him, me, and my husband, we forgot to go vote. I said, that is not going to happen. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. I hear the music. Jennifer, thank you so much. We'd love to have you back another time. I got a feeling we're going to be talking about this for a while. We sure so, are. Okay, so thank important. you for having me, Beth. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless right. you, and have a happy elect- election day. <laughs> You've been listening to CSE Talk. Radio, folks, you know, it's so important. Each one of you count. You know, we are a nation of people from sea to shining sea. And every one of our voices matter. Every one of you matter. And everything in your county, in your city, in your small town, wherever you are, your city, it matters. Who's your alderman? Who's your school board member? Who's your senator, your representative? Who you want to be president to lead this country and bring America home? My sister was smoking and I watched her. She asked me if I wanted some and said, sure. And she taught me how to smoke and that was my first experience. Every day, an estimated 3,000 teens start smoking. Both my parents smoke. I mean, seeing them smoke, watching them, thinking, well, I do it, it's not going to hurt me. Smoking sends mixed messages to your children. They just recently found out. I just told my mom, so she was shocked, very shocked. I think parents have a big influence on whether or not their children smoke. Because even if the uh, parent says that they don't agree with it, it really doesn't hold a lot of water. I mean, you can say, I don't agree with you smoking, but when you light up five minutes later, it doesn't hold a lot of water. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to DefendAPatriot.com. DefendAPatriot.com. 